we'll continue our, our series on discernment. Uh, as we do that, I wanted to just uh, uh, talk a little bit about what's happening on Sunday. So we're starting a new series for Sunday uh, morning service. And uh, it's going to be, a, a, we're going to do something different in that we're going to do the same series for Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. So we're going to go to Psalm 119 and then just go through it Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon until um, we are done. So the 23 sermons on Psalm 119, there's 22 stanzas in that psalm, and then there will be uh, an introductory sermon this Sunday. And then to go along with that, just for the month of September in Sunday school, we're going to consider the two chapters in the confession, one on the Word of God, is going to go along, and one on the, law, on the Law of God, to go along with the sermons on Psalm 119. So that's, that's the plan uh, for, and that should take us to December 25th, if, uh, if everything lines up uh, correctly there. All right, we're talking about discernment, the disciplines of spiritual discernment, and Christians are called to be discerning people. That's our calling life. Not just some, but all of us are called to be discerning people. And as we continue to look at the scriptures to learn how we can become better discerning people, it is important that we have a definition of discernment that is biblical and clear. We want a definition that's biblical and clear. These two things are important. The Bible doesn't try to complicate things. It's, there's no virtue in complicating things. Uh, uh, there's a, well, when the press cared about what people preached, uh, there was a, a lady that walked out of uh, uh, the service that was ended. She was walking out of the service uh, in, 19, in 1940s from Karl Barks Church. And she, a reporter was interviewing people after the service, because people carried at the time, I guess, what the pastor said. And they asked the lady what the, the preacher had preached on. She said, I, I, I didn't understand a word, but it was beautiful. <laughs> That's not the Bible. We don't care if it's beautiful or not. It, it's supposed to be understandable and clear. So as we talk about discernment, we want to make sure that we have a, a, a definition that is biblical and clear. So we want to define it tonight, because the definitions matter if we want to move together toward a common goal. You can't really walk towards the same place if we don't know what that place is. So we, we need to define properly. In our case, the common goal is growing in discernment. So in a moment, I'll introduce to you a definition, which I think is both biblical and clear, provided by a, a, a man by the name of Tim Chowies. And, and then I added a couple things to, 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 I think, to make it a little clearer as well. So, uh, but before we go there, I want us to remind us of what we had studied in the two previous lessons on discernment. This is our third lesson on discernment. And I want us to, remind, uh, to be reminded of what it is that we covered so far. On the very first time, we saw that discernment is a sign of at least three things. Lack of discernment is a sign of at least three things. Of spiritual maturity, of a backsliding faith, a faith that's moving backwards instead of forwards, and of spiritual death. Uh, a life that's characterized by lack of discerning is in danger 
of fall, falling in one of these three um, categories there. We also saw last week that there are three influences that make biblical discernment difficult. That there are challenges to discernment. The internal influences, the leftovers of our sinful nature, get in the way of our developing biblical discernment and practicing it. Uh, spiritual influences, uh, influences uh, Satan and his uh, armies get in the way of our developing spiritual discernment. And then cultural influences also get in the way of our developing our spiritual discernment. In other cultural influences, we saw that a secular worldview, a worldview that's not informed by the scriptures, get in the way of our developing a spiritual, a spiritual discernment. We also saw that in, under these cultural influences, that a low view of the scriptures keep us from developing a, a spiritual biblical discernment. A low view of theology and a low view of God, all under these cultural influences, keep us from developing uh, spiritual discernment, biblical discernment to live by. Any questions on this brief, brief review from the things that we have already seen? All right, so here's the definition that we're going to use for the rest of our time in this series on discernment. And what's in bracket is the little parts that I added to, to Tim Challey's definition, okay? This discernment is the gained skill of understanding and applying God's word with the purpose of separating truth from error and right from wrong and living according to what is right. That's what biblical discernment is. The gained skill of understanding and applying God's word with the purpose of separating truth from error and right from wrong and living according to what is right. What we want to do for the rest of our time together is actually walk through this definition and explain each part as we go through. But as before we do that, does anything strike you as odd or is anything unclear or is anything wrong in, as you see it? Any thoughts? Tilly? When you uh, introduce this topic, you use Solomon as an example and mm -hmm. his prayer for wisdom. Solomon did not do what the last phrase is on there. Right. He did not live according to what he did. Yes, and we look at that even last week when he saw that he eventually fell into cultural, the cultural influences kept him from developing his discernment even further. Right? Uh, when he looked at the world from a secular perspective and said all the kings have multiple wives and we're going to have multiple wives as well. So there's that. And, and, and you, you may be applying, you may be living according to this for a season and you may not for another season and come back to it as well. Because even Solomon, I don't think that God immediately gave him everything, every possible discernment. He also had to work and, and by the practice of it. You no know, grow in that he did not become a perfect discerner just like that. Anything else? Yes, Adam. Well, I, I trust that you'll explain the difference between applying and living according to yes. Yeah. It's got I can appreciate why you added the bracketed stuff, so I, I think it was an important addition. I look forward to hearing the explanation. Alright. Okay, anything else? And Lois. I'm, I'm looking at the word gained skill, two words, and thinking that, you know, something that you learn to do, that it's a trial and error process. 
sometimes you discern, you're, you're discerning, and sometimes you fail to do that because you haven't done it enough to develop Correct. the skill. But if you failed, you haven't done this. Right, because if you fail, then it's not biblical discernment. Right. Another another way for uh, if you want to replace gain, if you prefer another word, you can put acquired in there, the acquired skill. And this is important because discernment is this gain, this acquired skill. In that discernment is not in, an inherent of, of inherent ability like breathing or chewing. Uh, we, we just we we need to learn discernment is more like reading of public speaking that must be practiced and must be improved. That's why I say it's a gain or acquired skill. Um, there's not a person who has obtained a level of expertise that allows him or her to move on to and, and to leave growth in discernment behind. Uh, it, I'm sorry, there is one person, but he's in heaven and we're waiting for his return. Uh, besides Jesus Christ, there's not one person who can say, you know what? I've mastered completely discernment, and 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 now um, now I can leave it behind and go uh, go somewhere else. What is at first difficult can, as as Lois was uh, uh, referring to or, or touching on, can with practice become more natural and. The more we know biblical truth, the more our ability to discern we will increase. And this is true, really, with the Christian walk in general. The more we practice what God calls us to do, the more we're going to be able to do it. I, I, um, I've used this uh, next chart, and that's for a moment, um, with, with some of you in counseling. And I think it's a good illustration that applies to this but also to pretty much every area of life that God calls us to, to obey Him. And it's a very creative name. It's called the Y, the letter Y, the Y diagram. And it should be obvious why it's called the Y diagram, because the lines form the letter Y. And you can see there that every decision comes from the heart. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 9 says that uh, whether present or absent, I make my goal to please God. So that's, that's what guides life, and every decision comes from the heart. It's below the surface, we don't see that. And as, as a man thinks in his heart, as a person thinks in his or her heart, so is she, so is he. And we, when get, we get to that crucial point of making a decision, that's that red hexagon? Octagon. That, that, that red octagon right there in which we're, we're making a decision and is our thinking that's going to drive how we make that decision. And there'll be hard decisions. Those are decisions that are against the flesh. And there are easy decisions. Those are decisions that are with the flesh. If you're, if, whatever we're more used to doing, that's going to be the easiest thing to do. And to, do, to choose righteousness might be difficult at first, but the more we practice it, that easier it becomes. Remember what uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight says? We spent a whole year reading a book about it. Come unto me, all you who are... Yeah, exactly, blah, 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 blah. And then... Uh, <laughs> and I will give you rest. And what did, that, what did he say about his burden and his yoke? 
Burning sliding is yoke is easy, right? So the more we get used to making decisions that are against the flesh, the easier it becomes as we grow in that. That's what Matthew eleven thirty says. There, Christ's gospel, scripture oriented decision. That's the point of discernment. The octagon there. It's easier to go with the flesh, but at the long time, that's going to bring become make life harder. And the more you go that way, the harder it's going to be. Proverbs 13 says that the way of the transgressor is hard. So the more we stay in that way, the harder is going to, to, to be. But the more we get used to making decisions against the flesh, the easier making those decisions become because we become, in the lack of a bad word, we become habituated, that we become used to making uh, those decisions. And the more we know biblical truth, the more we practice biblical truth, the more we're going to be able to be discerning people, the more discernment increases there. So I thought this was a helpful illustration that applies to pretty much everything in life, but it applies also to this idea of discernment, of decision-making that comes from the heart there. And as, as a skill that we gain... Distinguishing good from evil and doing so correctly and consistently requires dedicated, ongoing practice. The uh, Holy Spirit says in Hebrews 5.14 that solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the mature person is the one that uh, is exercising his or her senses, Everything about their faculty to discern both good and evil. And so as we see, we're going to say in a moment, discernment is not a subject of matter. It's not something that you do, oh, follow your heart, not your brain sort of thing. As a matter of fact, the scriptures don't divide the heart and the mind. They're the same organ, as it were. And uh, we, we need to practice making decisions according to the scriptures, discerning things, living biblically. The more we practice, the more we're able to... Do that. So discernment is the gained skill of understanding. So discernment is closely related to understanding and depends upon a right understanding of God and His ways. At this point, I think it would be helpful for us to, to look at the biblical vocabulary used to talk about discernment and understanding, see how these two things relate. In, the, in, the, in our pulpit translation, which is the New King James Version of the Bible, the word discernment is only used four times. If you, if you use an ESV, English Standard Version, the word discernment is used seven times. If you were to look at the original language, Hebrew and Greek, in the Old Testament alone, in Hebrew, the word group for discernment is used over 250 times. So in the English, it comes across as different words, but they all have to do with uh, discernment. The, first, the, the big Hebrew group of word often has to do with talking, defining the space between things. Is the bin group. There are several words. You add something to the beginning, you add something to the middle, you add something to the end, and you form different words, but they're all related. And it has to do with in, uh, defining the space in between things. That's a very, very uh, pictorial idea. You know, if, you, if, you, if you can't figure out what's in between, 
Guess what else you have figured out? What's over here and what's over here? To, to separate, to, to figure out the space between things. As a noun, generally translated as, as, as a, almost like a preposition, as a between, as a verb, it often has discerned. And as it relates to discernment, this word is used with verbs having to do with judging, knowing, or teaching, where a person must distinguish between multiple options. For example, in, the, in 1 Kings 3, 9, the, the passage where Solomon prays for wisdom, uh, he says, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between. And it's interesting that the same word used twice with different endings and, and little dots to, to, to mean discern and between good and evil. And that, so that I can separate, that I can see the middle between good and evil. That I can put evil over here and good over here and know where they belong. I can see the middle of the two. So discernment is thinking in black and white terms. I know some of us don't like that. But discernment is, is that thinking in black and white terms, drawing clear lines between what is truth and error, between what is good and evil. And we're going to see a little bit of, there's a difference between the pairing truth and error and the pairing good and evil. We're going to see in a moment, in a little bit, that there's a difference between those two pairs. One is doctrinal, the other one is ethical. And we're going to take a look at that in just a, a moment. And so that's the word for discernment. The, word for the, the idea of understanding is a reference to the intellectual understanding, the ability to understand the times and react well to decisions and situations facing life. Here is one example of that word, the Hebrew word understanding being used in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It says, Of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times. That's involved with discernment. Uh, Daniel also said that he had understanding of the vision. He was, able, he was able to understand. He was able to dissect and figure out what was going on. So here in the Old Testament, we have over 250 times these, these words used that talk about discernment. So it's all over the Scriptures. Even though in the English Bible, we find them just a few times in English. In the original language, it's all over. It's also true in the New Testament. There's a group of words uh, with the stem, with, which the base, the trying to figure out a more lay, layman's word for stem. Root, I guess, it's not quite it, but this, the root of, of crin, crino, apocrinomai, and, uh, and so on, diacrino, that means to make distinction, to judge. In the scriptures, discernment is judging. And that's very countercultural, where supposedly we're not to judge Anybody, right? But discernment is the process of judging in the scriptures. Um, it communicates that its subject is separating something from something. So this discerning something from something. And uh, we see that in Second Corinthians 2, 14 and 15, where Paul says, A natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to, to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's the idea for judgment. They're judged, but he who is spiritually, he who is spiritual judges, and it's the exact same word as the end of verse fourteen, discerning. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet himself rightly judged is judged by no one. So all 
all these three highlights, bold and large, is that the same word? It talks about separating, judging. So the part of the sermon is being able to judge. We can see that part of the sermon is understanding and judging. Questions? Alright, as we continue walking through the, the, uh, the definition, the sermon is the gained skill of understanding and applying Discernment is wisdom in action, wisdom applied. It is the seeking to apply the skill we have been practicing. Um, when you are in a, a sports team and you practice and practice and practice, the goal is to get that skill that you practice at the practice and then when it's game time to use it exactly. And you practice enough so that it becomes second nature, so that game time you're able to execute it without any issue. issue. Now, what's the difference between wisdom and discernment? My question. Ah, to it. But what's the what's the difference between wisdom and discernment? There's not much, right? I mean, you can see, but you can see a little bit of light between them, a little bit of light between the two of them, but they tend to uh, go across. Uh, we could say we could, we could think of wisdom as the application of the fear of God to life. Wisdom is the application of the fear of God to life. It is living in such a way that we esteem God above all else. A person who is wise is first a person who fears God. That's what Solomon says in Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So wisdom is the skill of living a godly life, that's what wisdom is, the skill of living a godly life. And discernment skillfully applies wisdom to real life situations. So wisdom is knowing what to do in your life. Discernment is actually doing the thing that you know what to do in your life. So you can make that a little bit of difference. So wisdom can be not lived out. Discernment is always lived out. And that's a little bit of difference we can make there. Wisdom is a prerequisite for discernment, and discernment is wisdom in action. I'm going to think of them that way. Okay? Okay, let's continue walking through the definition. Discernment is the gained skill of understanding and applying God's Word. So God's Word is central to this. Though in the past God revealed Himself through other means, today we know Him primarily through the Bible, not through visions. Not through dreams, not through prophets, not through new revelation, but through the Bible. And I said primarily because God also views Himself through creation. But in His objective revelation, we just have a harder time reading it than we do the special um, revelation. So to be discerning, we must first be students of the Bible. You cannot be discerning and not be a student of the Bible. Those, you can't. That, that those two things go together, and you can't separate them. And the psalmist says that in Psalm 1966 says, Teach me good judgment. That's the word for discernment. And knowledge, for I believe your commandments. So see the connection between the commandments of God and good judgment. Psalm 119, 104. Through your precepts I get understanding. That's again discernment. Therefore, I have ever every uh, every false way. It is through the precepts of God, the word of God, that he gains understanding or Discernment. So discernment is the gain skill of understanding and applying God's word. Can't separate discernment from 
the Bible. Any questions on that? All right. So the sermon is being skilled of understanding and applying God's word with the purpose of separating. So this is, we're trying to do something here. Is applying God's word with the purpose of separating, bringing things apart. The sermon implies that we are to separate things in order to understand their differences. The sermon, in some ways, to put it more pictorial way, is having this little layer head that runs between boxes and is able to put different things in different boxes so you can look at them separately. Some of our little men are lazy. They don't move very well. Some of our boxes are very disorganized and it's difficult to direct them. So growing discernment is being able to separate these things in our minds in biblical categories so we can actually examine them. Uh, you know, when Tim, Tim Bitterhoff and Adam helped me put my counters, you know, that's a, for me it was a lack of a and, and Jonas too, so it's, it's, uh, just things of legend for, for me. And uh, it was a competition between Tim and Adam and their levels. And Adam came with the regular physical level, the bubble. The better one. And, huh? The better one. <laughs> and Tim came with the laser level, and then put it in and and we'll draw the, the things on the wall and they didn't do that. But, uh, and they were they had these they were trying to test to see which one, but like the level either the better one or the laser one shows with perfect clarity any deviations from what is straight. The Bible teaches what is true, leaving what is false out with glaring clarity. There's very few things that are complicated in the Bible. There are very few things that are not clear. There are very few things that the Bible uh, when it comes from. Doctrine within also separating evil from good, there's very gray, very few areas where it's very difficult to separate because the Bible clearly separates evil from good, truth from error. And that's the last part of our definition. The sermon is the gained skill of understanding and applying God's word with the purpose of separating truth from error and right from wrong. When we're talking about truth and error, we speak of doctrine and theology. The sermon helps us understand what is true concerning God, and what's true concerning His Word. Our, our shorter catechism in question 3 asks, what do the Scriptures principally teach? So what, is, what are the Scriptures mainly about? Two things. The Scriptures principally teach what we are to believe concerning God, and what God requires of us. So if you want to outline the Bible, you're going to get uh, your Bible into file cabinets, get one with two drawers. One drawer is going to be what the Bible teaches concerning God. The other drawer is going to be what it requires of us. There will be very few passages left out from those two uh, drawers. So the, the, the scriptures are teaching us to discern, to separate truth from error, right from wrong. So truth from error talks about doctrine. Right and wrong refers to discerning ethical Truths. Do you see a di- difference between doctrinal truth and ethical truth? They they intermingle at times, but I think we get we have those categories in our minds. Any questions? Just have a couple more things before we're done um, tonight. All right. So we have a definition we're going to work with for the rest of our series. But let me go beyond the definition just for a second here. 
and just make some statements that I couldn't somehow I wanted to make them, but I didn't quite know under what part of the definition I would make them. Statement number one, spiritual discernment is a gift from God given to anyone who asks for it and pursues it. Discernment is a gift from God given to anyone who asks for it and pursues it. That's in two passages that we put together that shows that. James says that if you want wisdom, you ask wisdom, and the Father, the Father of lights that, that gives every good and perfect gift will give to you. But at the same time, the Spirit also says you need to work it out. You need to practice it. You need to gain it. You need to acquire it. So it's a gift of God given to anyone who asks and pursues it. Alright? The second thing I want to say is that biblical discernment is only available to those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We already saw this passage, 1 Corinthians 2, 11-14, says that only the people who have the, the Spirit of God can understand the, the, the can discern the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. So an unbeliever cannot have biblical discernment. Somebody asked last week, well, sometimes I get things right. Well, it's like the clock. It's right twice a, twice a day, um, even the broken clock. Uh, so there's not true biblical discernment. In the, future, in the future lesson, we're going to talk about the process of gaining discernment. But for now, we need to know that with our understanding of the truth, we must exercise dedicated and deliberate effort in distinguishing between what is true and what is false. We need to work at it. And discernment involves the heart and the head, since they are the same thing. Discernment involves the heart and the mind, since they are, in the Bible, the same thing. The distinction between the heart and the mind is not a biblical distinction. Discernment is not based on subjective feelings apart from reason. Spiritual discernment is a pursuit that must always engage the mind. Two more steps and we'll be done. The purpose of discernment is to help us glorify God and enjoy Him. That's why we pursue it, because we want to glorify God and we want to enjoy Him. And then the last thing is discernment, it will not always be needed. Discernment will not always be needed because discernment is only necessary in a world where there is evil. In eternity, when Christ returns and makes all things new, there will be no need for discernment because there will be no evil. Everything will be good. So it's something that we pursue really hard now in hopes to not need it later. So there's no reason to save it. Spend it all in this life because you're not going to need it in life to come. So what is it that we saw tonight? That to think biblically about life, we must be willing and able to make clear distinctions between God's ways and all the other ways. We must be willing to think deeply about issues and to dedicate time and effort to learning what is right and what is wrong. We must also be willing to grow in our knowledge of God and of the Bible because it, it, this is where we learn God's way. And discernment is trying to figure out God's way and follow it. Remember the last part of the, 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 the definition? And live according to what is right. If we do all these things and just don't live according to what is right, then we're really not practicing biblical discernment. Any last questions or comments? All right, so let's pray.
Father Hammond, thank you for uh, your word. We thank you that you speak through it. We thank you for your spirit that uh, opens our hearts and minds and eyes and ears to hear it. Help us to live according to it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.